This is a Housemaid Podcast. We're your hosts, Nick Bobbin and John Vieira. We're here to cover your questions about home bartending. Let's get into it. Uh, today, uh, I we kind of want to unpack what we just did. So we got the privilege to sit down with uh, Southern Wine and Spirits, uh, specifically with the Beam Centauri brand Maker's Mark, and we're kind of exploring their barrel program. So just to give everybody like an oversight of what we wanted to do, we very much this year want to buy um, a barrel from a distillery. And what that means is that we would commit to purchasing every bottle that the barrel of whiskey produces. And so that's essentially right around 240 bottles worth of whiskey. And so we've been kind of shopping around and seeing what we what we can do. The Maker's Mark program, because, uh, because of coronavirus, is one of the only programs that we can actually do. Yeah, I mean, obviously a big part of what we want to do is actually go to Kentucky and have the full experience, um, you know, go into the barrel house and, and talk with these people that know what, what's going on. They're there day in and day out. And, um, I mean, it'd still be cool to buy a barrel, but if because of coronavirus, if we can't go there, it's really not nearly as interesting. Yeah, it, it's... Uh, been proving super difficult because not only is everything shut down because of coronavirus, also because of coronavirus, most distilleries have actually outsold uh, their their actual uh, production allocation. So being aged three, four, five, six years, in some cases nine to 12 years, they've sold in like nine months what they usually sell in like four years. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean, a lot of these brands have just outsold their numbers this year, and it's been nuts. Uh, we were trying to buy Hennessy a while back, and it was just like nobody Unreal. had it. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's unpack this a little bit. Let's jump into what this barrel program specifically, because they're all a little bit different, mm-hmm. but uh, what we learned today, because I especially didn't know pretty much any of this going into it. Uh, we had a chance to meet with Chuck. What's Chuck's last name? No idea. He's well, Chuck. L- love the guy to death, but right, I don't he's know awesome. He looks like a Chuck. Like if if somebody just introduced him <laughs> as Chuck, you'd be like, yes, he yeah, is. He looks like Chuck. Um, but basically, he sat down with us today for several hours. Um, and An just, hour and forty minutes was our barrel tasting. <laughs> yeah. So he let us. He gave us the chance to um, taste a bunch of the components. Um, and then put some things together, uh, which we'll get to in a second here. So I'm going to let you explain the way they use the staves um, to, I guess, kind of create unique flavors. Yeah. So I think before that, I should tell you that a, a traditional barrel program from most distilleries is that you show up pretty much to the Rick house and you get to pick like this barrel, this barrel, this barrel. And sample them, and then that is just kind of what you go off of. Uh, Chuck Abbott is his name. Chuck Abbott. Yeah, I Abbott. knew that. Southern, yes, yeah. I saw his. Uh, I saw his uh, pamphlet earlier. Mm. 
mm. when I was looking through and it had his name on it. Gotcha. Okay, Chuck Abbott. Anyway, okay, he's, Chuck to- Abbott. he's totally I fucking love that guy. Yeah, um, he's but, great. So uh, on, a, on a regular barrel program, you show up to the distillery, you walk through the rick house, you just kind of point and choose at what barrels you want to try because just depending on where they are in the stack of barrels and which side of the warehouse they are and the like atmospheric condition that they're actually under, they'll be different. They'll taste considerably different. Um, Maker's Mark, apparently, according to Chuck, what they do is they rotate their barrels very consistently. So they take the bottom ones, put them on the top. They take ones on the left, put them on the right. And they just rotate them so that their, their barrels that are aging actually come out very consistent. Well, and think about the amount of product they're putting out, too. Oh, so it's like you, you have to be consistent. You, you can't put out that many bottles across the entire world. And, have and not be consistent. consistent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so with that consistency, the barrel program from Maker's Mark wouldn't 100% make sense. So what they did is they decided about three or four years ago that they would take a barrel of Maker's Mark cast strength and they would let the purchaser of the barrel put up to 10 staves into the barrel to finish it off. So we take a fully aged barrel. They're going to open it up. They're going to drop 10 hunks of wood into it, close it back up, and then let it sit for six more weeks, then drain it and bottle it. So right there is is kind of crazy because I was so skeptical about this. I was like, six weeks? You're talking about, I mean, how long do you barrel age spirits in the first place, especially things like whiskeys? It's, um, it's two to four years mostly. Right, yeah. Right. So Four years is more more realistic. So I, I was like... I was very devil's advocate. I was just kind of like, all right, six weeks. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. What's it really going to do? This is totally a sales gimmick. But it was really, really interesting to see how much of an impact um, it does have on the flavor. And like I said, we were able to taste um, these staves uniquely. Um, you know, it was like a control group essentially for each stave. Yeah. Uh, which also allowed us to mix them in certain uh, proportions to create what we thought was the best combo. Yeah. So they have five different staves that they offer. Yeah. Um, one's American Oak. The other four are French, French Oak. Oak. Yeah. The craziest part that I thought about that is that they were actually infrared charred. So they were oven baked. They weren't traditionally fired like all the American Oak is. Right. And um, the other interesting thing was that they weren't all uh, consistently baked um there was mm-hmm. some were seared some, some were low roasted yeah, some, some were, were we had the we had samples of these staves in front of us which was really cool for a visual so mm-hmm. um there was one in particular i can't remember what it was called but uh it was actually like a scalloped um which technically gives you more surface area on you had a bunch stave. of waves in it yeah yeah so su- it was the only one that was super wavy and it had a different roast on it than <laughs> kind of looked like a ruffles potato chip it kind of did yeah so and then there was another one that was um quite a bit darker than the rest of it was the mocha one actually which apparently they're um, mondav is their new one that they they're calling it yeah yeah because they're discontinuing the mocha one it's been around for a long time it's really good but uh i think they're just looking for more variety however we had this um this sample to taste and kind of look at and so um you really get a lot of different characteristics from these um especially with like the kind of perceived hotness or like the proof from it even though they're all the same um some taste 
a lot hotter or a lot spicier. And then to take that a step further, some of them play differently on your palate. So some are mm. spicy toward the front of your palate, tip of your tongue, things like that. And some were like super fire in the back of your throat. <clears throat> so it was really cool to um, kind of Mr. Potato Head these things, which apparently that's not PC to say anymore. That's not PC because Mr. Potato Head, I think, is gender neutral now. What's there, but don't they make a male and a female version of it? Probably and with the ability to switch components, you can have anything in between. Uh I haven't, I didn't read that article, but I th- yeah. don't think that's anyway. a thing anymore. So, but anyway, you can, uh, quote unquote, Mr. Potato Head, <laughs> these things and, um, and really come out with some cool banger. Versions. Some it's, it's the only barrel program that I have seen so far that allows you to more or less create your own whiskey. So what Chuck did today was he showed up and he had five different vials of Maker's Mark that was all cast strength, that was all 100% one stave, and a beaker. And what it was is essentially 10 milliliters of this vial equates to the flavor profile you would get if you put one stave into the barrel, which was kind of cool. So that way you could literally play around yeah. with everything. It's an approximation, but it's but it gets you relatively very, accurate. Yeah, very close to to what you're going off. Um, apparently, <clears throat> with ten staves or with oh, sorry with five staves and ten total into the barrel, you'll come up with a, a thousand and one combinations total. Yeah, possible combinations. Yeah. So all combinations have been done, which is why they switched out one of the staves for a new one this year. So now. There's a thousand and one new combinations to essentially recreate. And so what we're thinking of is being one of the first barrels to go through that program for this year. Yeah, which would be cool. Um, the the new stave, by the way, that that they replaced the mocha with um, is not just the same thing. They didn't just like give it a different name. It's uh, quite a different flavor profile. Um, it had some kind of nuttiness to it. It was um, kind of back of the palate spice and pretty full-bodied. So, so the they call it Mondant is what I think what you said. I think so. And it was targeted after a French kind of like Hershey's and almond candy bar type thing, but it was like a dark chocolate with some kind of oh, yeah. tree nutted. <clears throat> yeah, you did get a little bit of chocolate from it. I remember yeah, that. it was still it was still chocolatey. But it wasn't as cho- it wasn't so chocolatey that you would call it mocha. Sorry, I keep uh, clearing my throat. I just jammed like three sushi rolls into my face. Did we? Um, <clears throat> did I, I'm the same way. Uh, lots of sushi. A yeah. lot, of, lot of whiskey. A lot of whiskey today. We just wanted to unpack this. What we just our experience before. Well, why it was fresh in our brain. Yeah, and uh, so what was the thing that Chuck was telling us about Makers 46? Because that's like a household name. That's like something that everybody knows. And it was like, why is this different? Which I didn't know. Okay, so so Makers 46 was the birth of this actual barrel program. So the head distiller, they, or maybe it was the master blender. I can't remember exactly what he said. Somebody important at Makers Mark <clears throat> decided that they wanted to create their own whiskey. And what they did was they unpacked a barrel of barrel strength makers mark and they dropped 10 of these number 46 staves into it 
and finished it off for six weeks. That became Maker's 46. So actually, the 46 stave is one of the staves that you can use in this barrel program as well. Right, and it has its own... Um, unique flavor. Unique flavor. Um, I can't remember the actual specs on it, uh, like the way it's roasted or anything like that, but... Um, it was, it, I think, I'm pretty sure it was a heavy char, slow roast, and then they actually finished the aging process only in the, like, December, January, February, only in, like, the winter months, so that it actually absorbs slower. Right, the a little flavor, bit colder temperatures. Profile, yeah. Okay. Um, and I do have a new appreciation for 46 after tasting it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it had been a while since I had it, and I think... I think the last time I had it, I kind of just had that mindset where it was like, oh, this is just another marketing thing where it's like they're putting the same whiskey in a different bottle. Uh, It probably wasn't a controlled uh, situation. I was probably, you know, adding it into other things. Tasting it today, side by side other things, uh, did give me a new appreciation for it. It is really good whiskey. Um, And uh, that we made one of the many combinations uh, that we made did not have the 46 staves in it. We we left them out on purpose, and that combination kind of sucked. Yeah. No, actually, the 46 gave it a really nice round body. Yeah. Like, it, it kind of binded everything together. Yeah, it really um, it made a huge difference, and uh, I will say, if, if I was going to go to the liquor store and buy a Maker's product off the shelf right now, I'd probably go for the 46 over the regular. Yeah, or the cast strength, because that's just come back in now, too. Right, cast strength is good but the craziest the craziest thing about this barrel program that i didn't really realize was that you could literally take one stave and flip-flop it so you could take like one p2 stave and pull it down to like the mondant stave and get a 100 percent different whiskey right so even being the same base which just it like i was super skeptical about and then doing it in the like the little test control you were like oh Jesus Christ, that is way yeah, different. Massive difference because there was that one that we flipped. One stave. Yeah, we just flip flopped one and it was like such a crazy difference. Yeah. Um, it went from being like a three star to a five star. I feel like we should touch on this stave business again. Now, a lot of you out there probably understand we're talking about the wood staves from a barrel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, barrels made up of all these different staves. So it's um, literally, if you will, it's like a. Put like a six inch wide by three foot long piece of wood. Yeah. That's roasted or charred in some way. Right. And when we talk about mixing and matching these staves, um, you can sort of equate that to uh, say you were making like salsa, right? You have your main components, you've got your tomatoes, your tomatoes. And then when you're like, what do I want in the salsa? You're like, well, do I want onions? Do I want jalapeno? That's kind of what these staves are doing. Because we have our base. We have this, mm-hmm. this cask strength. a little strength. mango. Yeah, like we have, we have this base that we're working with. And it's like, okay, this is great. I like tomato. But then you're like, what kind of flavor profile am I looking for? And so by adding these in different, very delicate ratios, you're able to get these different flavors. Totally. Now, obviously, this whiskey did not taste like salsa. <laughs> However, <clears throat> it would probably taste good with salsa, and probably I'll be would. exploring that soon. Uh, I, I have a in tasting this whiskey. We actually tasted it with uh, Chef Dustin Bristol, who's my partner at the bar. I have a very new appreciation for eating bread while you taste whiskey. 
I do too. That was fantastic. It was because it, it neutralized your palate. So you would taste this whiskey and before moving on to another whiskey, drink some water, eat some bread. And literally your palate was almost like cleansed again to taste the next whiskey. I think it kind of like pads your gut too. Oh, like as you're yeah. just consuming, you know, bread and helps. It just, it just kind of yeah. <laughs> absorb. Cause this was, this was high proof stuff. We were drinking oh yeah. Too. We we're talking, it was in the 56% or something like that. 58 somewhere in that range yeah the god that first bottle we had was in the 60s i thought oh and it might have been it was all cast strength stuff yeah it was it was like pretty hot which is another thing too is like tasting all these examples and uh coming up with some of these concoctions how some of them the proof is not changing mind you oh yeah but some of them go from tasting like oh this is like nice balance yeah this is maybe like 90 proof like not even a hundred and then like punch you in the yeah, face. Some of them hot. were like wild. Um, and obviously they still had good flavor at that point and it's, it's uh, everybody's preference. Some people really love that kind of stuff. It was just crazy to see how much the of a difference. difference. Oh yeah. yeah. And I, I think it, I think it's something that we should touch about cause we were thinking about doing this. I really want to do a barrel program. Maker's Mark was not my first choice. Nor was it my second or third or like pretty close to my bottom choice, to be completely on, honest. On paper, that on is. On paper, right? Because you, the just... brand is kind of a big mass produced brand. It's not something that I super enjoyed. Yeah. So the biggest thing I think for me that just made it so interesting and, and stuff was how hands on it is and mm. the the whole combining the staves that, that kind of took it to a different level. Um, and I will say that I'm like pretty intrigued by it. I am too. And also I'm really impressed by the brands, uh, like sales arms that you will. Cause Chuck, I would say is the lowest on that totem pole of sales arms. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and just the level, like the passion that he has for it is unbelievable. Right. And so, I mean, that was part of what made the experience as well. It was twice as good. Yeah. It was right. I mean, he had, he had all the information. He was passionate about showing us all the different things. He wanted to just sit there endlessly and come up with these different conversation or uh, <laughs> combinations, I should say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it just made it, it made it a really enjoyable experience. We like hanging out with Chuck anyway. Totally. Shut up, cat. Um, no, I, yeah, I was just, uh, I was, I was definitely surprised by it because, you know, we've, we've done stuff with makers in the past and they're a cool brand. Everyone knows that they have good branding and marketing, but like you said, they're kind of like this big, like Goliath company. Mm-hmm. When you think about like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go do a barrel program. Yeah. Like, when you think about I... like cool niche brands, they're not the one that I yeah, it's would not, think of. It's not the first one that comes to mind. But just seeing this program in particular and the and the fact that you can actually create your own whiskey is really cool. It is cool. Uh, I guess one more thing before we take off that we should mention is that if we end up doing uh, a barrel program of any kind, that whiskey will be available to you guys um, actually to purchase by the bottle from the bottle the state yeah through the state liquor stores now obviously they'll be super limited they'll be limited uh it'll be really cool to have i would recommend buying two one to drink and one, one to save to for your yeah. collection oh, totally. um, it could be worth money someday that would be neat uh, <laughs> yeah what if we're actually famous one day 
But um, obviously, if you don't live here locally, you're going to be hard pressed. You'll have to have somebody buy Buy it and illegally mail it to you or something like that. Um, You can legally mail it. Although I wouldn't recommend this, but if you ship it like UPS or FedEx, you can just claim that it's olive oil and they won't ask any questions. Well, there you have it. I've never done that. We've neither of us have ever done that, and we don't know what you're talking about. Don't recommend it. Don't ship it USPS because they won't take it. UPS and FedEx both actually ship alcohol, but if you don't want to pay the extra to ship the alcohol, definitely don't. I would mail go it. FedEx honestly as well. I feel like UPS definitely like breaks more than fifty percent of the yep. Yep, I've had, shit they I've throw had not good experiences with uh, UPS. I could be wrong. If you're Although, out here listening, UPS, I do apologize. This is not fact based. Jane, Jane from Earl Hayes actually told me the opposite. Like right as we were trying to leave the bar today, yeah, she was advocating for UPS and has had very bad experience with the FedEx. Yeah, and I've I am the complete opposite. So, well, what can Brown do for you? Uh, is that still their slogan? I don't know. That, that definitely was <laughs> for a while. Fuck. I feel like I feel like they definitely got away from that. I don't know about that. Uh, that just that just yeah makes me think of turds. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. So barrel program. It's right. Pretty cool. We're barrel thinking program. about it. Yeah. We're looking at other brands. Although we're kind of kind of backed into a corner because the only other brands that I know of right now that are allowing barrel programs is uh knob creek and i like knob creek but i also heard a rumor that knob creek will be sold out by the end of the year for the foreseeable future except for knob creek rye i also heard that which i'm like okay like should we do a barrel you guys are knob, knob creek? creek drinkers yeah stock uh, up stock up apparently hmm so yeah i don't know uh comment let us know what you think. If you if it's something you'd be interested in purchasing, um, the Idaho State Liquor Division said that we will be able to minimum stick twenty percent of our barrel into the stores for thirty days, so that you guys could buy it. That only equates to like forty eight bottles. So we're trying to petition to let the let us stick fifty percent of our bottles in the store, which is more like one hundred and twenty bottles which I think is more realistic to our brand and what we're doing. Because if everybody buys one to drink and one to keep, I mean, you're still only talking about 60 people. Yeah, it's not actually that much. It's not that much whiskey. whiskey. No, <clears throat> which is like kind of crazy. It's just, it's it's a, it's an aggressive price point. It's 66 bucks a bottle. Yeah, they're not like mega cheap They're not cheap, bottles, no. right? We're not talking about like well- liquor or anything like that so it adds up buying it in one lump sum however it's really not that much so it will be limited if you guys are interested like i said once we have more information um this is all on behalf of craft lounge by the way if you've been listening and <laughs> we haven't uh oh, yeah, said sp- that. sponsored by craft lounge <clears throat> right so we run craft lounge it's sort of a sister company although it's a completely different than what housemate is but uh we piggyback off of each other craft is a sponsor for us and this podcast now, i'd almost say i almost say craft would be the the parent company if you will yeah technically yeah uh housemate is a subsidiary it's under it's under the umbrella we we started housemate to make the syrups that we use for the bar program at craft and, and then that and turned to produce in, them for home bar use right and that all of that kind of just 
it just rolled into just snowballs. Yeah, I mean, it just happened. So, um, but this is where we're at now. Uh, basically, we are in the process of uh, kind of putting all of this information together in a nice, neat package for you in the form of housemadesyrup.com uh, as a landing page. It'll kind of be home base for this podcast if you enjoy this. Um, you know, like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. We're starting a YouTube channel that all of the uh, video related content will be on as well, uh, which will also be found on the website housemadesyrup.com. Um, blogs, tutorials, just a whole bunch of stuff that's kind of coming up. We're, we're in this beginning phase where we're just trying to get all of our shit together and figure out exactly what that looks like. Um, man, I will say it's all, it's a lot of content. It's a little bit overwhelming, yeah, especially to lot. start. And I feel like we're just like, let's try this today. Let's try this today. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's going to evolve. We're just like stabbing. It's going to evolve for sure. And it's going to become more streamlined, but that's where you guys come in. So, uh, any content that you desire, anything yeah, that you're looking for, anything you, you need know? to know. Cause we want to produce it. Yeah. That's literally why we're doing this. Um, we could just sit. It's all for free. And we don't want to charge anybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we're not here to make money off of it. We just enjoy talking. So uh, anything that you guys need to know or want to know, uh, just let us know. Comment, uh, direct message, email. I mean, just literally anything. It's it's out there. It's on the internet. We're not hiding. So, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think that kind of sums it up. Yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Like, like John said, like and subscribe, share comment let us know what you want to hear uh and we'll catch you next week cheers cheers, cheers.